Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. All right, we are live and we do not have Mr. David Marvin in the house today. And mm, so for all of our sad. listeners, I think they're going to be, you know, shot. Yeah. And we got to give them what they want. I think give them what they want, JD. So what's up, guys? We are back with another episode <laughs> of Views from the Porch. I am joined with the one and only Miss Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. Yes. And for the second time appearing on the podcast... Mr. Financial Guru, the porch's most eligible bachelor himself, <laughs> JD. Carson Racky. Hey, guys. Carson, we had you on here last year uh, talking about, we called it Money Probs. I think it was last August. And, yeah. uh, you know, we love having you on here because I think as young adults, you know, this is a lifestyle podcast. And we like to just talk about the things that we're trying to figure out in our young adult years. And one of those, I think you can't talk about it enough, is how to steward your finances. All right. And for all the people that just went to sleep, mm-hmm. stay with us because we have something good for you. We do. Yes. You need to hear this podcast. And I'm glad we're talking about it. I always walk, in, walk away going, man, there's always values and principles and disciplines that I can always raise higher and higher to be a better steward of the resources that the Lord has given me. And, you know, God, it's a biblical call that God entrusts us with resources and with finances, and we are called as as, as Christians to steward that. And so, Carson, so glad you're here. Carson serves as the operations director of The Porch, and he handles all things finances, operations, the ins and outs of what you see happening on Tuesday nights from an operational standpoint. And uh, I just want to jump right in with, you know, Laura, we talked about this earlier. I think a lot of times especially in Dallas and the Metroplex, like the number one goal for a lot of young adults is to end up rich. Totally. Like we want yep. the 24 karat magic in the air, Bruno Mars, uh, more money. Get, I want the house in the cul-de-sac. I want the nice car. I want all the things. Be happy, and, be rich. Yeah. And, and Carson, I just want to ask you, first off, what is your thoughts on, is it wrong to want to be rich, to have a lot of money, to kind of live out the American dream? Yeah. So is it wrong to want to be rich? JD, what is rich? Is that an income level? Is that a amount of money that's in your bank account? Is that a full heart? What is that, JD? <laughs> wow. Uh, I think when I say what is, when I say what is rich, what I'm talking about is uh, a, a certain money amount and a certain maybe like job status that provides money, I'd say triple digits, like over a hundred K or yeah. a millionaire or whatever. Yeah. They're wrong to aspire to want to have a lot of money. And have nice yeah. things. Yeah. And let's just call it for what it is. We live like in one of the most affluent times, one of the most affluent nations in history. And so even, even the things that we think aren't necessarily rich or bougie or over the top, like they probably still are. You could live a pretty modest lifestyle in the U S and that is, that is relatively affluent for, um, what's been for the past centuries. And so, um, and and so, you know, if, if our heart is after money, if all our heart cares about is status and titles and security in the bank account that we have, or the labels that we're wearing, that that is a sin. Mm -hmm. God would call that, that a sin. And so, um, this podcast isn't, we're not going to talk about 
that you need to go sell everything, that you need to live on oatmeal for the rest of your life and, mm-hmm. and give everything away. But there are practical principles that can that you can observe in your own life that um, that may reveal a heart that you're extremely focused on materialism and that you're extremely focused on security and wealth. And that's just not glorifying to God. And so we want to talk about those principles. We also just want to talk about practical principles that will help you live a life where you're not enslaved to debt and to where you're not enslaved to um, just financial obligations that you've made. Because we know that that's real for a lot of people, not, not kind of on the complete flip side of having a status-filled lifestyle. Um, we know that a lot of people are in, that are chained by debt and um, they're, just, they're not able to have financial freedom. So. Okay, so Carson, I feel like you're going to have some really good practical tips to like help people, but I I was just thinking about what you said, Matthew 6, 20 and 21. Like basically it says store up treasures in heaven where moths aren't going to rust th- like come and destroy things where thieves aren't going to steal. Um, and then it says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think a lot of people get angsty and uh, depressed and feel less than because our treasure is found in material riches. And so I knew, I know even like social media, like scrolling um, and seeing like influencers and, and from the look of it, it's like, oh my gosh, you must just have endless amounts of money because your house is gorgeous. And I could never be like that. And you immediately feel less than. So before we get to like some of the practical things, I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on like even identifying like, oh my gosh, I have um, a problem with where I'm valuing the role that money plays in my life. Yeah. And like God's word is very clear that he cares about our heart. And that that's, that's what that scripture is pointing to. You said Matthew six, right? Matthew six is, it's talking about that we are God. God allows us to have His money. We are entrusted with His resources, and the way that we steward that, our heart posture towards those resources, He takes note of, and we will be judged on that. And so, it doesn't mean that you can't buy. Um, if you're a girl, you want to buy yourself a nice purse or w- whatever. It doesn't mean that you have to live your whole life and you can never do something nice and enjoy. You know, guy, if you want to put something on your car, like. That's not the point, but God does look at your heart, and that Matthew six is talking about: is your heart about investing in the kingdom, and is your heart about um, wanting to store treasures in heaven, or are you putting all the? Is everything that you are um, putting your mind and your resources towards is it on earth? And if it's on earth, you know, life is short, and and God's word is saying that that's where moths will come and destroy. Versus if we are investing in heaven, um, that's a place where we will have eternal rewards. And God promises us that we will um, experience those blessings in times to come. And so like, you're, you might be wondering, like, practically, what does that mean? It's like, man, if, if I spend all my money on myself, if I spend all my money on materialism and, and I'm not giving and I don't have a heart of, um, man, I want to care for people in my community. I want to give back to um Christian organizations that have impacted me, whether that's my church or compassion or something like that. If my heart is just to hold on to everything and that's where my, I'm finding my security, then that's what Matthew six is confronting. And so, uh, oftentimes as we look at finances or maybe you, maybe you explore and you, you share your finances with your community group, it's usually not a numbers game. The numbers usually point to your heart. And so that's where this is, um, this isn't just like a one-time discussion. And if the extent of your, um, just even exploring your heart around finances, if, if the extent of it is just listening to this podcast, 
I, I think you're going to fall short. You have to have other people in your life that can help point out, man, if, 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 if everything is about, um, numbers, then that's not quite the case. Yeah. I feel like what you're talking about is a matter of, um, our identity. What is our identity founded in? Yes. And you know, when you agree to become a Christian, you are, you are agreeing to have an identity that is aligned with Christ and in Christ. You are yeah. a new creation and you're no longer about what you want. You want to be about what stirs God's heart, what God's heart is for. And there's so many times in the Bible that we see that God wants us to walk in humility. He wants us to be a servant minded. He wants us to think about those that are lowly and poor and in need. And he wants us to help the widow and the orphan and to um, always extend love. And where finances are really hard for me to talk about is like a way I think about it practically is, man, if right now I were to like print out my um, statements, all the things that I have spent money on, you saw all the titles, you'd see clothes. You would see um, eating out, eating out a lot. You'd see a lot of coffee and you'd see a lot of things. You would see way more things just for my own self-indulgence than others focused. And that's where you're kind of like, Ooh, cause it gets really personal. And like, it's the thing that you can, it's society has made it awkward to share or to ask about this yeah. stuff. But the reality is, is what you're spending reveals a lot about what you're believing about yourself and what totally. you need your yep. heart. And so I would just ask you before we go any further about how you spend, how you save, how you steward, just ask yourself, man, what does my spending say about my heart? And then also for those still wanting to hear more about, is it wrong to want to be rich? Here's what I would say. There's so much caution in the Bible to those in high places and that, that have more. The more you have, the more that you think that you are in control of your own life. And the more that you have, the harder it is to continue to have that posture of needing and depending on God. In 1 Timothy, it doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And so if you if you love money, if you idolize money, it's probably because there's something in you that also idolizes power. You probably have an idolization of pride and um, security. And yeah, there's and there's a desire that says, "Hey, I want to have control of the outcome of what my days look like, the comfortability of my life, and I want it in my hands." And so, uh, I would just caution you: if you're striving to be rich or to be in such a financial place that is in the name of, well, you know, I just want nice things. I want to provide for my family and I want to have security for when the day I retire and all these different things. I want to work. I'm working hard for it. But if there's something underlying that you're not willing to address, that's like, no, I actually just have a control issue and I want comfortability and I don't want to be about the things of Christ. I want to be the author of my own life. Uh, I would highly encourage you to address that because the Bible does have a lot to say about what we're going to talk about next and how to steward so I'll just let that say to our next question. I have, I have a question first there, because mm -hmm. what I don't hear you saying, JD, is that it's wrong to be rich. Um, because no, absolutely not. Even at this table, like just to get vulnerable for a second, there we're in different financial situations. And even before, like I remember the first time when I like getting out of college and, and being like, oh my gosh, I don't have to worry at the grocery store if I'm going to scan this. And it's going to be like denied, you know, <laughs> yeah, through college, so it was like, that was it. Yeah. And then, then I had a job that was like paying nothing, but I could finally like support myself. And it was, I just remember taking so much pride. And I think in a good way of being able to like work hard and, and anyways, and then there are like different financial situations where Carson is a brilliant steward of the resources that he's been given and 
and probably does investments that I'm like, what, what the, huh? You know, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's, and it's not wrong for Carson to be in a different situation or for you to be in a different situation. But y'all are saying both. I hear like, Hey, your heart matters a ton and it's the love of money that is wrong. Like craving that and not actually. And And just so we all live kind of in that, that tension of, of money. I mean, Luke 18 says, indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's just something that everyone has to wrestle with. And I, I think that there's, we won't go into it now, but there's God's being very clear that, man, if, if our heart is after money, that is the exact, exact opposite of being all in with Jesus. Yeah. Like I said, the more you have, the less you need or the less you realize you need. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's kind of what that that parable is stating is, hey, the more you have, the less you're going to think you need God. And it's those who need God who get to be with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so stay to keep your, no matter your financial situation, remain in that heart posture. And it, it, and I see so many people at our church and around in my life in different seasons who are just such good examples of what this looks like to be blessed financially, uh, but to live biblically. And so uh, with that, let's move on to the next. So if I get to a place um, where now, okay, I, I I kind of have my my finances in order. I know how much I'm going to make a year. I'm kind of living in a salary or or whatever your financial situation is, Carson. Like, um, if the goal is not to love or want to be rich, but to work hard to receive your earnings, to be able to pay for what you need, and then to steward the rest in the way that God would have you, um, how does one get to a place where they can do all that God calls them to do with their money? Like, because I, here's what I think about practically. I'm like, okay, the church says that we're supposed to give to the church. We're also supposed to give to others. I have my friend going on a mission trip. I want to give to her. I want to give to this homeless man, but hello, I'm also like 30 K in debt or a hundred K in debt from student yeah. loans or credit card debt and car debt and debt, 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 debt. So how am I supposed to start giving if I'm not even at, like I'm, if I'm in so much debt? Totally. And, and is debt even that bad? Yeah. Or is debt a sin? Yeah. So you kind of started off, you started off the question saying if you're kind of in a good spot and then transition to saying if you have a lot of debt. So let's, let's start with the second yeah, one. Yeah, if, sorry. If you ha- oh, no, he's no, no, breaking it down. He's no, breaking it down. <laughs> but if you have a lot of debt, um, I mean, there is, there is a tremendous o- amount of wisdom to paying off debt. Romans 13, seven says pay to all what is owed taxes to whom taxes are owed revenue to whom revenue is owed. And um, if you go through, there's something at Watermark called MoneyWise. They almost break down debt into two different sections. They would break down, um, they would call consumer debt anything that is credit cards or let's say you bought a uh, a grocery or you bought a um, uh, refrigerator at Lowe's and you're on a payment plan. Like that's consumer debt versus there's a different type of debt that you would probably call car debt or um, house debt. And those are things that you actually have something that to stand for the debt versus if you go buy a refrigerator and you pay $2,000 for it, it's just something ridiculous. You know, on day two, you're not going to get $2,000 for it versus if you sold a house two days later, it probably still has its value. And so there's, there's a lot of wisdom that if you have consumer debt, especially credit card debt, that you were paying that off as soon as possible. And so like the headline is if you were making minimum payments on your, on your credit card, that is, that is not great because it's going to take you a very long time to pay that off. So in the, in the banner of debt, if you have consumer debt, pay that off as aggressively as possible, even to the point to where you're making sacrifices 
on eating out, clothing, all of that. You should, you should be living as, as much minimal of a lifestyle as possible to pay off consumer or excess debt. Even if that means moving in with my parents? You should process process that with community. I mean, d- depending on what even your if debt- it means, stop drinking at the bar, like stop buying ten dollars margaritas. In the, well, <laughs> I'm asking for the people, Carson. The people want to know. I mean, here's the thing. Pro- uh, probably, maybe, yes. It's good. Yep. There's there's a ton of different situations. You need to process it with friends and and community and people that are um, after Jesus. But probably, maybe, yes. You need to make sacrifices in order to pay off debt. But then there are things like a house. Um, no, like you don't need to eat, to use the word oatmeal. This time we'll do macaroni and cheese. You don't need to eat macaroni and cheese 30 days a month in order to pay off your your mortgage faster. I mean, a mortgage is an appropriate type of debt. But um, overall, um, you know, we, the Bible talks about that the, the borrower is slave to the lender. And that is true, that if you are borrowing money, you are slave to the person that has borrowed you money. Okay, that's good. So practically now. Yep. So yeah. now, now you're, you're out of debt and you're, you're kind of that first scenario of like, you're in a good spot is your question. Like, how do you, how should you stu- start stewarding resources at that point? I, no, I think, I think yes. But what I'm, I'm saying is like, so if I'm, let's say out of debt, that could take years. Yeah. For some people, and yeah. some people might not have jobs right now. Like COVID. Right. COVID, COVID thing. Yeah. yeah. And like, that $600 stimmy, it ain't getting by. <laughs> right. So like that's paying off my rent this month. But like, you know, there's so much up in the air as far as like, and and yes, like sacrifices, all that, but all the nuances and everyone's like, well, I have to this and that and this and that. So let's say that getting out of debt is like, oh, so like, I think a lot of young adults think once I get married, that accountability in my life, like I have to let someone else see my finances. No, straight no. up. Here's yeah. what we think. I want to get married so somebody can take care of me so I don't have to think about that. Right, right, right. Well, that's what the girls maybe think. But like the guys are like, I have to care about that. And so they both are revealing their debt or their finance, financial situation or whatever. And that's when I'll start taking budget seriously and all that. And it's not even because they want to. It's because it's like embarrassing because someone else is seeing how you live your life. Totally. And so with that, like, if it's going to be years down the road till I'm out of debt, am I supposed to start giving like the Bible calls me to today? Because that's really scary if I'm sacrificially living and giving to my debt to pay it off and then I'm sacrificially giving. Are you pretty much telling me that I got like 20 bucks to spend? Like, am I supposed to give while in debt? I mean, my Bible doesn't have caveats to when you should and shouldn't oh, give. So. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I also... And by the way, I don't mean that insensitively yeah, yeah, because yeah. I do know that I know that there are tough financial circumstances mm-hmm. um, where you could have a ton of debt, you could be laid off a job, and so please, like that—that's that's not a swipe at those situations. But yeah. man, if it's like you know, I'm I'm going to Starbucks every day, and um, I've got a car note and all this, and I, there's really no there's really no money left to give. It's like no, you could sacrifice, and it it all goes back to you're not check whenever it comes to giving. I, I know that like you've probably heard the word tithe. I think we talked about this in August. Um, there can kind of be like this, oh man, like that that was the expectation of my parents growing up. Like they they gave that 10%. And again, like giving isn't about, it's not about checking a box with God. And it's not just about maintaining the budget at your local church, but it is, do I have a heart that wants to give back to the kingdom? And, um, and, and so 
check what your mindset yeah, is. Yeah, like, like another way to say that is like, am I invested in things other than myself? Like, do yeah, I truly believe this is God's be. world? Like, and, and the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And if you truly believe I am living for a kingdom that's not here, then what JD said earlier, what is like how you spend your money is going to reflect what you're living for, where your heart is. Yep. That's really good, Laura. Yeah. And to me, if the love of money is the matter of the heart, the giving of money is the matter of faith. Mm. Wow. And so I think for me, what I, when I'm afraid to give, I'm probably living a, a life of little faith. And, you know, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. He loves someone who is willing to sacrifice and then watch God move. Mm -hmm. to, to not give is to not trust. And I always want to live a trusting life that God will provide more than I even could think to ask. And there are so many times in the Bible where like you see um, – uh, uh, he he talks about like Jesus talks about a woman who took her most expensive perfume and broke yeah. it on his feet to worship him and to anoint him. Mm. And he's like, "This is an act of faith." She had because the Pharisees were like, "If this woman knew, the, do you know how much this ointment costs?" Yeah. And he's like, "She gave it all for me, and therefore she's blessed." And with me, there have been so many times in my life where I I've been convicted to give to something, and I'm like, "But man, like it's totally. tight these days." Like, I, but I'm like, "But I'm going to go out to eat after this." So I'm like, Lord, I trust you. And and it's it's so weird because like you don't give to then like receive, like maybe God will give me double what I gave or whatever. Luke 6, yeah. 33. And if you do good to those who do good for you, what credit is that to you? Right. Going. Exactly. Exactly. And so like I, I sit in that tension of like, well, I'm not doing this. So then God will maybe like, here's a new car. Like that's not what I'm doing it. Yeah. But I'm doing it because I'm going, God, th again, signing up, to follow Christ is to want to be like Christ. Mm -hmm. And if Christ, Christ himself gave everything, his yeah. very life yep. on the cross for us. And so who am I to not want to give and, and steward my resources in a way that I can give freely for the things that he um, tells me to? So That's really good. Yeah. And so lastly, let's start to head towards the end of this. Because I, I don't want to overwhelm people. Finances yeah. can get super. Yeah. So let's get super practical for just a second. Carson, if like, you're sitting down with someone in their 20s and they look up to you in the world of finances and you could just pop off like, hey, starting off 2021, everyone has New Year's resolutions. Everyone's like weight loss and um, I'm going to start writing a book and I'm going to start learning this new hobby. And I think a lot of people are like, this is going to be the year that I get out of debt or this year that I'm smarter with my finances or I start a savings account or I create a budget. But then just like anything, it could potentially fall off like for that person who maybe listening is like, you know what, I'm going to start taking my finances more seriously before I get married. And, and now, today's the day. What's some practical advice? Just kind of rip off some like, here's some not overwhelming first steps to start your best life with your finances now. Yeah, that's good. Five or I'll, I'll just list off five or six best practices. I mean, one, you've got to start with the budget. You got to know, uh, you got to plan what you're going to spend that month. You got to review that plan several times throughout the month. Um, as you're writing that budget, make sure that you identify what your creature comforts are. And also just like quit comparing yourself to other people uh, because that's that's going to be one of the hard things if you're, if you're always having to go out to eat six times a week. Um, and is there like an app? For, is there anything that's like a tool, like a... Right, so do they just write it out on a pad? Like you need a budget is a good one. Um, there's another one that's it's on the tip of my mint is great. Um, there's a number of things online. Okay. You can Google um, Dave Ramsey best tools, and he'll give you like half a dozen different tools. Okay, great. They're excellent. Uh, number two, just continue to think about savings. Again, 
none of these are a one size fits all because everyone's in a different spot, but there's wisdom to save. Um, if you have a hard time saving, another idea is you could open up a, another bank account and you could tell your employer to direct deposit $50, $100 or however much every single paycheck so that you can build a savings account. Or you could say, hey, it, I've got a 401k that my employer is contributing to. I want you to, um, instead of contributing 5%, I want to go to 6 or 7%. And just making those small tweaks that discipline now will pay off in the future. Um, number three, just consider your giving. Are you increasing your standard of giving or are you increasing your standard of living? And um, I think God's word would call us to increase our standard of giving. Um, and yeah. th- and that does not mean, like, I know J.D. tipped his hat to this earlier, like the health, wealth, and prosperity, you have to be really, really careful about that because there are pastors saying that if you give to God, he's going to give back to you financially. And the blessing that even the, the lady who broke her perfume, like the blessing that she got is intimacy with God in favor in a sense of like, God's like, I see your heart. You, you didn't spare your most prized possession. Um, so it's not saying give and and you're going to get back a hundredfold. Just be really careful. Totally. That's good. Um, just two more, I would say as it relates to credit card or debit cards, if you're consistently spending way more than you need to go online or call your credit card company and create a cap and create a, a maximum amount that you can spend every single month. So if if it's if your budget needs to be $400, well, then change the amount on your credit card to $400, and then it shuts you down, and you've got to pay cash from there on out for the rest of the month. Wow. It's a great way that's to good. just end I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can set limits. Very easy. Um, and then um, just one last one. It just related to negotiating loans. If you, have, if you have a car loan or if you have student debt, right now interest rates are at a historic low. And they nodded, the Fed nodded last week that they may increase, be increasing rates later this year. And so now's the time. If you've got, if you've got um, student debt that your interest rate's like six, seven, eight percent, now's the time to give them a call and say, I want to renegotiate it. Um, and just make sure you're smart about it. Have someone who knows finances look at it because they may stick you with a bunch of fees. But now's the best time to renegotiate any type of loan that you have. Man. That is some heat. I hope that if you are driving right now and listening, that you can listen to this again and get a pen and paper out, take some notes, because that is some good stuff. And like, seriously, we're all, I just want to say, I am nowhere near a professional at any of this. I'm like, I got to even get better by budgeting. And just, there's so much that we are figuring it out and it's okay. Yeah. Like this is not here to cause worry or to cause you to like get anxious and do more. And I just want to lend an ear really quick to those that like, hey, like you are praying for that stimulus check to hit your account or man, finances have been so tough and they've always just been a thorn in your side and really, really, really um, just a pain point in your life. Or if you're just swimming in debt and there just seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel, um, we want you to know that we want to help. Um, We want to be there for you. And, And as always though, man, like just be faithful with your next step. Say, God, what is my best, most faithful next step for you? And trust him with the results if you were to do that. And so I just want to, I just feel led to pray uh, for anyone that is kind of feeling that, that burden of finances. Um, and then we'll wrap it up. Sound good? Let's do it. All right, Father, thank you so much for Carson and just the way that you have used him as a leader um, at the porch and the way that you have just blessed him with an awareness of how to 
live a life of discipline and obedience to your word when it comes to finances and um, just encouraged today to hear about how you call us biblically to to steward our resources and uh, to live a life for you. But for the person right now who feels like they are just at the end and they have they have no hope, maybe they've been jobless, maybe they've been searching, maybe they're not happy, maybe they're trying to climb that ladder of success and get rich to make their dad proud of them, or maybe they're just sitting thinking, um, man, am I, is it going to be like this for the rest of my life? Whatever it is, you know, you say to come all who are weary and heavy burden and you will give us rest. And so I pray for that person right now that no matter the circumstance that they would be able to rest in your provision, that they would be able to trust your heart and they would be able to live a life full of faith, knowing that you love to provide for your children. That is what you do best. And so we trust you. We trust you with our resources. We trust you with what's to come. And uh, would you help us? If, they, if there's any disbelief, would you help it? And maybe believe in you more. It's your name that I pray. Amen. 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 All Carson, right. thanks for hanging Thank today. Thank you, guys. It was yes. fun. <laughs> yes. As always, you guys can feel free to reach out to us with any questions. You can email us at info at the porch. Live. The porch is returning January 26th. We are so excited for that. All right. That's all I got. As always, we will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.